the Spartan Mind Strength Podcast, the podcast for mental grit and resilience. Hosted by V. Binga and Tim Ganley. Hello, everyone. This is V. And this is Tim. And we welcome you to the second episode of our Spartan Mind Strength Podcast. So today we're going to be talking a little bit about crystals because we're getting ready to do a crystal show at the Mount Yona Vineyards Crush Fest, which is every year. This year it's going to be on, what's the date? Tomorrow. Uh, Well, it's going to be Saturday, uh, August 25th. Yes. So uh, we're going to be there uh, talking about crystals, talking about Ayurveda, uh, we usually do hand-picked crystals, so whenever we do shows and we go and purchase crystals to sell, we actually go through them and pick them out one at a time instead of just buying things in bulk. But I digress. We're also going to be talking about Raja Ayurveda in the concept of a morning routine. And we're going to talk a little bit about the Vedic philosophy. Uh, why you want to do all the things that we're talking about doing. Stay tuned, we'll be right back. This first section is brought to you by the Crystal Factor. Unusual stones, hand-picked pieces, and collector's items. So we're going to talk a little bit about crystals and minerals. And gems. Oh my! <laughs> yep, uh, but uh, it, they're not actually considered minerals, right? You're, you say that they're considered... All crystals are minerals, but not all minerals are crystals. So the exact terminology... Because she's anal. Everybody knows that, is crystals and stones. Ah, stoned. Sweet. And uh, fun fact for you, did you know that uh, crystal is a Greek word? Everything (laughs) is Greek. You'll hear that a lot. And it comes from the Greek word krystalos. The ancient Greeks, who were highly into crystals and stones, the ancient Greeks believed that crystals were ice. Crystallus is the Greek word for ice. It was ice that it was frozen so hard it could not melt. Think about it. The crystal quartz Mm -hmm. looks like a piece of ice that will never melt. Sweet. Very nice. So when we talk about crystals, and we're talking about Ayurveda a lot, and and Spartan Mind Strength is mainly a lifestyle of how we can live and prosper and thrive. And why is crystals part of that? Okay, that's actually a great question, wow. I just sort of made that up. (laughs) Yeah, I didn't see that coming. Spartan Mind Strength is about us thriving, like you said, and the only way for us to thrive is to live in harmony, in a dynamic balance with our environment, our immediate environment and our greater environment. Our immediate environment is Mother Earth, 
we are the new kids on the block us as human beings are very very new the oldest kid on the block is the minerals the crystals and the stones that's the oldest kid in the block it's the mineral kingdom the mineral kingdom exactly the mineral kingdom was the first one to be formed millions of years ago then after the mineral kingdom came the plants the plants are newer than the mineral kingdom than the animals than us as humans well our closest connection to mother earth is us being able to appreciate at least appreciate at least respect the mineral kingdom and a prime prime example is little kids little kids gravitate like crazy to rocks you give a little kid a rock and they go nuts they they see rocks and they run towards them yeah. they they actually during the shows they you can't keep them away from our booth because they're constantly coming over and grabbing stones uh we actually i think go we lose money because we end up giving uh, yeah, away so many crystals, so many stones to kids. Exactly. Yeah. So, so that's the, our natural inclination is for us to appreciate, to see the beauty of Mother Earth in the rocks. And of course, to go even deeper, uh, if you think in terms of uh, quantum physics, of uh, frequency, of resonance, of vibration, they do help us keep maintain to some extent our dynamic balance so i, I want to jump into <laughs> that a little bit because you know some people especially like reiki masters mm -hmm. uh use crystals for healing yes and some people think that's a bunch of bs exactly uh, there was a study done a little while ago, and uh, we'll put it in the notes, mm -hmm. that basically said crystals work, mm -hmm. but they also said placebos work. Exactly. And crystals work as, it's, so it's more of how the person believes of crystals, not so much as the crystal's going to say, hey, how you doing? I'm going to fix this. Yeah. It's, it's going to run more of if you believe that crystals can help you, just like if you believe a pill can help you, yeah. the crystals are giving as much, if not better, uh, with helping people heal. Exactly. It's, a, it's all about the mind, right? Everything starts in the mind, and that's what we mentioned uh, during our first episode. Everything health or disturbance starts in the mind by the choices we make if you do not believe that the crystals work they will still work but not to the extent that they will work if you believe they will work so if you believe that the crystals will work and you work with the right crystal then you have an unfair advantage that's all it's an unfair advantage but if you don't believe that the crystal will work then the crystal will still work because it's all energy whether we realize it or not it's there it's like gravity <laughs> whether you believe in it or not it happens 
so the crystal will work still, but not to the extent that it would otherwise. So yes, it is similar to the placebo effect and the people who say the crystals work are correct and the people who say the crystals don't work are correct. So sort of like what Ford said. <laughs> whether you think you can or you can't, either way you are right. Exactly. I like to think of the crystals and stones as an unfair advantage. So you can wear them. Yes. You can place them on you. Yes. Uh, some people lay down, get placed on by crystal healers. Mm -hmm. uh, you can have a rock in the house. You mm -hmm. can have a rock in the car. Mm -hmm. You don't want to have like a... Uh, uh, a quartz crystal quartz hanging, hanging in your car because in, that's going to blind you and stuff. So there are yes. certain things that you don't want to put on. And also like uh, quartz, like rose quartz, amethyst, things like that. Uh, citrine mm -hmm. can, uh, if they get too hot from the sun, they can crack. Exactly. So you can actually lose a crystal. Yes. We had a really nice piece of kyanite that ended up, even though it was away from the sun, mm -hmm. it still got enough sunlight in from the window and it actually cracked on us. Yes. Really beautiful piece. So you can put them pretty much anywhere, carry them anywhere. It's the intent that you set with them yeah. that makes yes. it either work or work less. Yes, it's the, yeah, the reminder. The, the reminder and the intention. Oh. If you believe in them, it's a reminder. If you don't, it doesn't matter. Yeah, I remember you used to have clients that you would train with, mm -hmm. actually strength train with. You yes. were training people with strength yes. training. And she would give them a stone because they would have you would they would have some type of an issue or a that they were working through. Yes. And they would keep it either in their purse or yes. in their pocket. Exactly. And every time they touched it, they mm -hmm. remembered to work through that problem, whether it was getting a raise at work, uh, making more money, feeling healthier, uh, drinking their whatever at lunchtime, taking their vegetables, whatever yes. it was, that yes. stone reminded them of what to do. Yes, it was adding to their daily routine. Mm -hmm. uh, we used it a lot for breath work. Yes. When you touch the stone, you had yes. to be quiet yes. for a little bit and also do some breath work. Yes. Do you are one minute quiet time or your alternate nostril breathing or... So you can use crystals and rocks or stones, stones for all different types of purposes. Yes. What what stone do you like the best? Oh my goodness. Oh, I have, I have so many favorite stones. And that's another thing. As you start playing with the crystals and the stones, it will keep changing. Uh, well, my mo. Right now. Right now. <laughs> Right now is the aquamarine. Aquamarine? Yes. Right now is the aquamarine. So why is it aquamarine? Uh, it's, um, well, I, my mom had bought me aquamarine during one of our trips. And uh, I... She loved to travel. She loved to travel. And, uh, and she loved the water. And I love the water. And uh, aquamarine truly represents everything about uh, the love of water. So, so it's a very special for me right now. And especially August, September, I get very, very, it, it was a special time for uh, my mom and myself, uh, August, September. So during that time of the year, I've noticed that 
subconsciously I always gravitate towards the aquamarine. And then that's why we have none to sell coming up because you stole all the aquamarine <laughs> yes. that we usually carry with us and it's no longer on, we'll be at the booth for a little while. Exactly. Yeah, that's right. So Fair enough. During this time of year, you cannot pick up any aquamarine from us. No. Anything else you want to talk about? Uh, yes. Um, a couple of things. Um, regarding the crystals you're gonna hear that uh, uh, you have to cleanse your crystals because the crystals can uh, absorb uh, negative energy and all that uh, well the, the remember that the crystals are the wisest the most experienced kingdom on mother earth the crystals will not hold will not absorb negative energy they have their own way of maintaining the dynamic balance there is a structure in there so even if they receive disturbed energy they will harmonize it you don't have to worry about the crystals absorbing negative energy however every so often cleansing the crystals assisting them after you've used quite a bit adds to your unfair advantage one thing you should never do and we know about this from experience is put them in water salt water especially, especially salt water please 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 do not do this to your crystals the easiest way to cleanse them is uh, through a little bit of sage. Mm -hmm. Burn some sage, it smells great, and it's not a smell that lingers. So anybody who's sensitive to smells won't really care about it, um, except it may smell a little bit like weed. <laughs> so you may, get, you may get weird looks, if, uh -huh. uh, but it goes away. <laughs> so, and also there's, you can cleanse them just by leaving them separated yes. on a table just not yeah. using them for a yeah, while they cleanse themselves them. right let there. them rest a little yeah. bit the whole putting it out in the moon the whole all these different things really i haven't noticed any difference yeah no not yeah. really not really they they are they are wiser yeah. than... you can do that yeah you know yeah making it into a ceremony and i think that is more important for you as a human being than the rocks yes uh, or the stones and the crystals, <laughs> but the ceremony aspect of it is more important. So doing the full moon thing is more for the human, yes. not the stone. Yes, it's more for you and your connection with yeah. the crystal and the stone. Yeah, the one thing to not do is water, especially salt water. Yeah. We've seen that it uh, uh, our pyrite, I had a really yes. nice piece of pyrite uh, and calcite mm -hmm. mixture and it just it started to pit mm -hmm. uh it just didn't do very well and i've noticed that with a couple other stones uh some amethyst that i yes. had it got uh calcification on it yes. uh, it started getting and so it took a while to clean them yes. again and then the polished stones will become duller yes. they will lose that yep. color that vibrant color and then the other thing is people ask, oh, how do I know which stone is the right one for me? Or just which, look at the stones, look at the different stones, touch them, 
speak them, feel them, and then you will know. You will feel that connection. And you can't go wrong. You can't, you can't go wrong with Mother Earth. So, and that brings me to the next question. Uh, there's a lot of books out there. Yes. And I know I've read probably three, four dozen of the crystal books. And I know you're more anal, so you've probably read even more books on crystals. Each one says, you know, this crystal is for this, this crystal is for this, this crystal is for this. What's your thoughts on each crystal does what you need? And they do more of than what the books are saying. Yes, and crystals and stones are adaptogenic. They will do for you whatever you need. They will adapt to the individual's needs. It's a, it, Mother, Mother Earth is, is a synergistic. In everything that Mother Earth gives us, there is a synergy. Everything works together. All the energies work together to help the individual. You see that in food. And the same thing happens with the crystals and the stones. We will get whatever we need and what, whatever your intention is also. So, but uh, like ruby yes. versus emerald, mm -hmm. rust stones. We're not even talking the expensive, nice, yes. real. Uh, an emerald does one thing, a ruby does another. Mm -hmm. And if you needed what the emerald does, should you go more toward the emerald or can you stick with the ruby? Well, you can, you can, what's going to happen is you need more of what the emerald is specialized for. And if you choose the ruby, you will still get some of it. And eventually you will get to the emerald. The ruby will be like your preparation. So the ruby will adapt to what you need and as you become more aware, more in tune, you will gravitate more towards the emerald for that extra unfair advantage. So the ruby is actually going to assist you to, to go to in that direction. To move on to the emerald. Yep. That's the beauty of the adaptogenic. So you can fight that rock as much as you want to, but it will still slowly, subconsciously, yes. in a... Uh, whatever way uh subliminal subliminal way yes where it will just talk yes. you into going in that yes. direction so it will assist you whether you don't want it or well, you do exactly and uh, every everything is part of the unified field of consciousness the unified field of energy and it's all about vibration frequency and resonance that's why eventually, as you become more and more in tune, more balanced, you will gravitate towards the vibration, the frequency, and the resonance that you need. You will resonate with the vibration and the frequency that you need. That's all. So that's it today for crystals. Uh, we're going to be talking here in... A couple seconds on uh, the daily routine, morning daily routine, RPM. Yep. Stay tuned. Do you like what you hear? 
The Spartan Mind Strength Podcast is available on Apple Podcasts and all other popular podcast destinations. Please subscribe today and consider leaving us a rating and review. It helps us spread the word and help others find our content. Don't forget to leave a comment and any questions you may have. Tim and V would love to hear from you. And we're back. So this next section is going to be about Ayurveda's, or Raja Ayurveda's, look at a morning routine. But first, this section of our podcast is brought to you by Good Coffee. Good coffee is good for you in the morning and afternoon. Bad coffee is always bad for you. So we're going to talk about the morning routine. Can you tell me why someone should have a morning routine? Raja Ayurveda says, live in tune with nature. You're going to hear that a lot. <laughs> a lot, yeah. It's a, I, I'm going to sound like a broken record, but that, that's what it is. Is the word record Greek? <laughs> I'm sure <laughs> if you, I'm sure if you look deep into the etymology, we have our uh, 24 hours. It, we have like our uh, sun cycle. The morning is, I, according to Raja Ayurveda, the morning hours, say around sunrise, the four hours around, uh, a little bit um, around sunrise and after sunrise, are governed by the kapha bioenergies. The kapha bioenergies are the the grounding bioenergies. So they they are what gets you gives you the uh, strength and endurance you need to get going. Crystals are also part of the kapha. Exactly, yes, that grounding. This means that you always wanna do something in the morning that helps you start your day solid. And good coffee gives you, it's extremely interesting, gives you the two major of the six tastes that you need in the morning. It gives you the good bitter taste and it gives you the sweet oily quality. And uh, that's what Kaffa loves. And it's very interesting that oily quality, sweet as in terms of oily, because good coffee has good oils in there, gives you that satisfaction. And the bitter quality, the good bitter quality, or the good bitter taste that's extremely missing from our daily diet, helps you become more realistic. Actually look at things the way they are. That's, that's how you, what a better way to start your day. But it has to be the real bitter taste and the real sweet oily taste. And that's where the problem starts. Because people drink terrible coffee, it doesn't have good oils in there, and they add a lot of the 
terrible crappy sugar. So I want to ask you, you've gone to many college or well, two Ayurvedic colleges. You've trained with Full a time. lot yep. of different people. Yep. There's a lot of things out there that says coffee is not Ayurvedic, that we should not be drinking coffee. Where did that come from? Because I know it didn't come from the colleges. No, no. It didn't come from your teachers. No. It didn't come from people that have been in the Ayurvedic world doing this for a long time. It came from somewhere else. Why is there this scam yeah. on coffee? Uh, yeah, exactly. And it's a scam. It's a terrible meme. It's everything that's wrong with our world today. Coffee, I, when, when Ayurveda was written, when the texts were written, coffee did not exist. Coffee, good coffee and good chocolate are relatively new food groups because the good stuff is a food group. That's why I call them food groups. Ayurveda, the documented Ayurveda, doesn't have anything to say about coffee or chocolate. However, the true Ayurveda, not the folklore, the commodity, those memes, the good Ayurveda, Raja Ayurveda, doesn't tell us do this or don't do this, eat this or don't eat this. What it does is it gives us a way of thinking, a way of analyzing things. Ayurveda, Raja Ayurveda talks about the 20 qualities, talks about the six tastes, talks about wholesome food. We can take those three principles and of course the bioenergies. We can take those four principles and say, okay, how does this apply to good coffee? Well, wholesome coffee. Wholesome coffee means coffee that doesn't have mold in it, not necessarily organic, but coffee that has been processed the correct way. High altitude, shade grown, freshly roasted, you see the oils, they, you touch it and your hands turn black and oily. And and preferably by all done by happy people. By happy people. That, that's what, happy people. Do not exploit Mother Earth or the people. Do not hurt Mother Earth. Do not hurt people. And then, what, and then you look at the wholesome coffee. And then you look at the qualities and the taste that wholesome coffee has. Has the oily quality, which makes it also slightly sweet. And has the good bitter taste. Has that balance. And you say, okay, when do I want these tastes? I want them preferably in the morning to assist the kapha bioenergies and help me, help me start my day. And that's how you look at it. And then Ayurveda, Raja Ayurveda will, uh, will say that, yes, this is perfect for you. And then when you drink it and you pay attention to it, it will help you feel good. It won't give you the jitters. It won't make you shaky. It won't give you that acid feeling in your belly because all of those symptoms are symptoms of not good coffee. Bad stuff. Of the bad stuff, exactly. 
And it's not the caffeine that gives you these symptoms. People confuse it. It's not the caffeine. It's the mold and the other toxins that are in the bad coffee. So coffee good in the morning. But when you wake up in the morning, yes. I, you, I know you don't just grab a cup of coffee. No. There's more to it than that. Uh, so you follow a process of RPM. Yes. Uh, which is a, uh, <laughs> it's a way of thinking. <laughs> R stands for rise, P stands for P, <laughs> and M stands for meditation. Exactly. So I've tested this process <laughs> in different ways. You know, I tried peeing, then rising, then meditating. Didn't do good for the bed. Uh, I tried meditating before peeing and rising. That didn't work as well either. So Rising, peeing, <laughs> meditating works the best. Yes, for uh, for both of us. Yeah. <laughs> so we get up, mm -hmm. but we don't. Well, we pee. Yeah. Uh, not together. Not together. <laughs> but uh, then, actually, we take a, about a forty-five second cold shower. Yes. And we'll get into why you want to do that at a later podcast. Mm -hmm. But uh, we do a cold shower, mm -hmm. and then we go. And meditate yes now there's a lot of different forms of meditation oh yes so it's not I know that you like to sit I do uh, I prefer a more of a moving meditation so after we pee we pretty much separate for about 10 to 15 minutes we don't do a lot of you know it doesn't have to be an hour yes no 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 no, no it doesn't it just just a few minutes if a few minutes will do it that, that's all you need. A few minutes of, of pretty much quiet time to whatever extent that is. And all, by the way, there is also brushing our teeth and flossing and all yeah. that stuff. But, and then after that, we basically do some sort of movement. Yes. Because you want to make the body move. Exactly. If you, we like to do, uh, overall, we do sun salutations pretty much every day. Yes. Not every day, but pretty much every day. Kettlebell swings. Uh, Squats, lunges, the walking band. Yep. And but it, it's some Spartan type of movements. Yes. And then from there, we have our morning coffee. Exactly. I uh, notice we haven't turned the computer on yet. Exactly. You don't want any of those distractions. You want to absorb as much of the kapha benefits of that stability, of that strengthening as much as possible. So you, and so that's you want to think of the actually I like to call it RP double M because it is rise, pee, meditate, move. And also, for some people, and that is perfectly fine, it can be rise, pee, move, meditate. Because some people may want to do a little bit of movement before they do their meditation. So everyone is slightly different, and that's why Tim says, do what, for however long, whatever works for you. Because like some people may not want to, may not feel right doing a 10-minute meditation. It might just be good enough for them to do a two-minute. Exactly. And to and it can be a combination. It can be a moving meditation. Oh. And there's, there's nothing, again, in the scriptures that say you have to do it for 
so many minutes. No, nobody says that. All it's that all is man-made rules. folklore, commodity, Ayurveda, and yoga. Yeah. Yes. So after movement, what if what if uh, you don't have the time in the day because you got to get to work? Uh, yes. Like when we were doing, uh, we were doing the uh, yoga boot camp oh, in the yes. morning. Uh, <laughs> class was started at six, but yes. yet we still were able to do that each morning. Yeah. So you got to get to work at nine, yes. or you have to be in the office at nine. How do you wake up earlier so that you can start kicking these things in? Because you can't just jump right into okay, I'm, I've been waking up at six, and now I'm going to wake up at four. Yes. It just doesn't work. No, you you gonna you gonna do baby steps. You want you don't wanna shock your body into into major changes like that because you may be able to do it for a couple of days. You may be able to do it for a week, but then you will quit. You want to do baby steps. So if, for example, you wake up at six and you wanna start waking up at four for some reason. You set the alarm, you try to wake up at 5.45 and you do that for two to three weeks and you feel really comfortable with that, it becomes easy, then you move to 5.30 and you do that for two to three weeks. You always take baby steps. So you will get to four in a couple of months, but then you will get to four o'clock solid. And that's one of the things that we noticed doing privates again. Private exactly. Is that everybody that jumped into it 100%, yes. at least the people we dealt with, yes. that jumped into everything 100%, yes. getting up at 4 in the morning, changing their eating, doing breath work, doing uh, workouts every day, doing doing everything, almost all of them, at least in our group, all of them failed. Yes. They did not last. We're the ones that took it little steps. Yes. It's... We still have clients today that we had 15, 16 years ago that are still working out. And they keep becoming healthier and yes. healthier. They're still doing all of the practice. They're still lifting. They're still yoga. They're still breath work. They're still meditating. They're still eating properly because they took it all in baby steps. Exactly. And some of them even eat sheep yogurt. Yes. And <laughs> make me proud. <laughs> so, and then uh, we actually even had some that have opened up their own studios, their yes. own fitness studios, yeah. their own yoga studios, because they took everything in baby steps where, and I know at least one of them that opened up a studio in St. Pete, she didn't even want to discuss yoga no. when she first started working out with us. Uh, and now she's got two yoga studios, yes. she teaches kundalini, she does all yep. of these different things. But in the beginning, no. she didn't want anything to do with any of that stuff. You were calling it a body weight movement yep. with her, right? Yep, she, <laughs> was, doing, she was doing the, the movements of yoga, Yes. but we were using different words. Yes, that's the idea. And again, there is a lot of uh, false information out there that says do or die, or it's... But it's not like that. It's it's absolutely not like that. Not in today's world. Which will be bringing us into Vedic philosophy. So we'll be back in a couple seconds to go over a little bit on Vedic philosophy. Stay tuned. And we're back. 
to talk about Vedic philosophy. But this broadcast is brought to you by Global Ayurveda Conferences, bringing the wisdom of Ayurveda all over the world. And in Greece, February 28th to March 4th, 2019. Vedic philosophy. What is it? Real quick, Vedic philosophy is the oldest form of philosophy documented in four major texts in India. The texts are referred to as the Vedas, and Veda is the Sanskrit word for knowledge or science. And when we say science, we mean a systematized form of knowledge. So it's not just random stuff. It's a little bit more organized. And uh, the main thing that we're going to talk about is... The Upanishads. Yes. And the Upanishads is the oldest part of the Vedas. And uh, my most favorite, by far. And that what I like about them is, because I like studying more of the Greek philosophy of Stoicism. Exactly, yeah. And uh, a lot of the the Upanishads it, is, so it's almost like the Greeks were studying the Upanishads in order to create Stoicism. Exactly. It is, it is beautiful. I just love the comparison of the two. Because Upanishads are a lot older than the written Stoicism. Exactly, yeah, they are. Mm -hmm. And uh, what do they have in common, what makes them so much alike, is that they focus on the human being, on the person. They, they pretty much demystify everything. They give the power to the person. And I just love that. And it makes it so much more practical and easy to follow. And uh, before we finished by saying the do or die, and yep. we said just don't take that literal, ignore that. And that's exactly what the Upanishads say. The Upanishads say it's all about the human experience. It's not about the goal. It's not a... It doesn't have to be extreme. It doesn't have to be difficult. It doesn't have to be mystical or to be hard. It's about the experience in this human body. Because this human body is what is going to help you go anywhere. If you cannot control the human body, you cannot control the mind. And one of the things that uh, it also talks about mm -hmm. is that you have to have a certain amount of meditation, a certain amount of physical activity. So, and there's more than just sitting and the person who just sits and meditates actually is missing a lot yes. of what what the Upanishads talks about. It's it's missing it's missing your goal as this human body. You have to honor the human body and you have to control it in a way that's not extreme. Whether that is meditation, whether that is breath work, whether that is a physical movement. You, you have to keep that dynamic balance. You have to respect it. You cannot abuse it. You, you need to work with the human body. And that will help you work with the mind. No. So baby steps. Again, you can't, and you can't sit and meditate no. for hours no. if you haven't worked 
the body. Yes, if your body cannot sit there and you are forcing it because you consider it an obstacle, that's the other commodity, folklore thing that the human body is an obstacle and we need to fully control it, abuse it. No, that is completely against what the Upanishads say. So sitting and meditating for hours is more of a modern day concept. A false meme. Exactly. Just like a lot of other stuff in the yoga and Ayurveda world. Just like the coffee is bad. Yep. Or having to stand on your head for hours at a time. Another false meme. Or having to do intense breath work until you pass out. Another false meme. Do I sound like a broken record? Sort of. Okay. But then again, I'm sort of used to that because <laughs> record comes from a Greek word meaning record or something. Okay. And yes, we will be talking a lot about the Upanishads and Stoicism during our upcoming podcasts. Thank you, thank you, thank you so much for listening. And until next time, much, much love from both of us. Namaste kala. Which is Greek for... May we all be well. If you found today's show helpful, please give us a rating, a review, or both. And subscribe to the podcast and never miss an episode. As always, Namaste Kala, which in Greek means, may we all be well. This program, Copyright True Fitness Incorporated, all rights reserved.